Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you're listening to me, if it's Spotify, you can give me a five-star review. If it's Apple, you can give me a five-star review. If it's YouTube, you can click like and subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. We always love that. But more importantly, today, my incredible guest, I have Matt Wolf. He is the founder and chief entertainment officer of Ticket Time Machine. He is also the host of the Wolf Den podcast. Matt, how you doing today, man? I am doing fantastic. Loving loving it. Fantastic. Loving it. Loving life. Loving everyone. That's what we're here to do, man. We're here to have a good time, right? We're here to have a good time. That's what you and I are going to do today. We're going to give the people what they want. Explain a little bit about what you're doing. We're going to talk about a podcast on a podcast, a little bit of inception going on, which is going to be fun. But most importantly, Matt, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? That's a, that's a, do, do people have a good answer for that? I really don't know. I think sports was like, it was ingrained in me growing up. Um, you know, when you're little, you play sports and then I was just watching sports. I love, I love the competition, I think is what I love about it. And then, you know, my love for sports has changed over the years dramatically. I think that's common for a lot of people. Like uh, you're just saying, why isn't, why, why aren't there so many great USA soccer players? We all played soccer. Even now, everyone you know as kids plays soccer. And then we fall kind of out of love with soccer. Um, you know, but I, I used to be a much bigger professional sports fan. And now I'm a big college fan. If I had to choose one, it would only be college. So it's, uh, it's evolved. But I don't know if there's any one thing that really caught me onto it. Competition is a pretty big one, right? I, that's that's honestly that's one of the most common answers I get because then we can tie it into the business conversation too, right? There's a lot of competition in business. You're an entrepreneur. You're doing your thing. Obviously, a lot of stuff going on there. But I mean, I have to agree with you. My, you know, the the sports that I love has have changed. The reasons why I love them has not. Like it's it's the competition. It's the beauty. It's why does anybody? And, and no offense to anyone who does, but why would you ever watch an hour-long episode about the Kardashians when I can show you a college football game that will make you go bonkers for three and a half hours? Like, I just don't understand it. That is what gets me going. Talking about it gets me excited. Um, that is what I love. If I could sit in front of a TV and watch 12 hours of really high-level, fun football, that's my perfect day. That is my- I, I think the other the other thing is it's live, right? I mean, there's no – people do record – I. I recorded one time. I recorded a Gator game. I was at a concert. I get back and I'm watching it until three o'clock in the morning. It happens to be the Gators versus uh, Kentucky, or was it Kentucky? I think it was Kentucky. Uh-huh. He got a concussion. He got in, in, injured and got a concussion. I'm like I am never taping and watching a game again. Just I'll miss it if there's something I can't miss. But yeah, taping and watching, you got to turn your phone off. And so I think the live aspect of it in the moment. Um, and, and it's lost that opportunity for that game is lost. Not that there's not another one. There's a lot of them, but I think that's really what captures my love of sports. And it's that community, right? We're all watching it live at the exact same time. We're all reacting to it, right? That's why you love crowd shots because everyone is kind of individually doing the exact same thing at the same time, right? There's a huge goal. Everyone goes nuts, hits the crossbar. I've been watching a lot of hockey playoffs, obviously. Hits the crossbar. Everyone, oh, and it's always just so fun. And then I always love when home teams lose because then you get all the saddest, saddest fans on planet Earth. And sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's you. But, man, do I love seeing that. That's always been an absolute blast for me. But now we – 
now you have the like the three second delays where you could be in the same bar watching and it's a delay on this TV and that delay on that, or I'm talking to my friend who's maybe watching it on a different channel or and and he sort of spoils what happened. I'm like, I gotta hang up. Like, you're 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 spoiling it for me. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I love it, man. There's nothing like it. I mean, talking about live sports, tell me a little bit about Ticket Time Machine. I know you guys do stuff with tickets, so I assume that means concerts sports it means a lot of different things where i can enter a venue and i need something to get in so i guess yeah tell me a little bit about ticket time machine we'll go from there yeah so ticket time machine is keeping the printed memory alive we we say ticket what really is a ticket anymore with everything going digital so i I use that term loosely but we do tickets credentials badges lanyards posters magnets uh you mentioned the uh the hockey playoffs this is a a ticket we did for season ticket holders for the Florida Panthers and customized it with their section row and seat. Um, and obviously the season didn't end the way we would have hoped. Uh, would be something crazy if Tampa Bay can win three in a row. That's uh, that's just insane. My wife's a Rangers fan, but, uh, so let's not even put that out there, if you don't mind. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I grew up in New Jersey. Oh, nice. I grew up at Devils fan. Marty yep, Brodeur is my favorite player of all time, so... I don't, there's no love loss for the Rangers there, but ticket time machine, we, we, nine out of 10 things we do is not for admission. We have the capabilities for someone who, who doesn't already do that. So we barcode RFID, we can restrict access um, as needed, but most of the stuff we do is commemorative and souvenir. And, and like you said, concerts, sporting events, we've done weddings and bar mitzvahs and graduation parties and eighth grade dance. A thank you, corporate thank you for joining there event badges for a conference so there's really nothing that that shouldn't be commemorated it's up to you like what what do you want to hold as a memory and that's something that we can help yeah, one of my good buddies nick he uh he has every single concert ticket pretty much that he's been to and now he hates that Ticketmaster sends you the digital copy like he went anytime he can he requests a paper copy because he wants to have that ticket he wants to have that memory of that show that he went to um and it's it's always very interesting right like i I had a lot, um, and I saved them all, and then I didn't really care too much anymore. And it was like I still have the memories. That's the important part, right? And uh, you know, for some people, like they need that. And and I think it's interesting that you guys have branched out into so many different things. All right, what am I looking at here? What are we looking at? I have I have books of events that I've been to, and I have a few of these books. These are concerts and and games that I went to. And I, I wish I had more there are probably some that i've been to that i i don't have whether it got lost or might be in boxes somewhere that i haven't uh touched in a while but i also go on a sports trip with my friends every year and we go to college football pro football and major league baseball we go to a different city after every year this will be our 21st year doing it and so this is a book that has all of the uh all the tickets that we got going all the way back to you know the first year i went in 2000 but now it's man the journey i had and this my friends were yelling at me because i was running around the whole stadium trying to get them to print me a ticket i waited at the box office for like 45 minutes while they're trying to get in because i have all the tickets um it's you know it's it's tough and for the people who do collect we want it to we want to give them an option the season ticket holders for the panthers i think 50 percent of them bought uh, the commemorative ticket. That's, That's a high number. I don't know everyone's going to be 50%, but let's say it's 20%. Let's say it's 10%. It, it's a huge revenue boost for, for your venue, but why not do something to make the 10% happy? Even if it doesn't get you a whole lot, like 
let's let's be fan first. I I, I say that, and uh, you know we do we did a couple of jobs for the Savannah Bananas. Yes. I don't know if you know them. Absolutely, but Jesse. He's if, amazing. Uh, have you heard Jesse yeah. Cole on the show? He should he should be a guest on, on this show. He's they're they're incredible what they're doing at, at the Bananas. Uh, you know they're fan first. We're all about the fans. And I, I think sports has gotten away from that in some respects. And so that's what we're aiming to where, do. Where did this idea come from to create these, you know, kind of commemorative tickets? Yeah, it's on my, it's on my website in the about me. The, the, the short version of the story is I used to work for a company called Worldwide Ticket Craft where we would print the actual ticket. So like the old school tickets that you see. And I was at an Ensign, a, a Marlins game. I went because it was a Stanton bobblehead day. I barely, I basically only go to Marlins games now if it's a special like bobblehead or something special or maybe if they're playing the Yankees because they moved from the, the stadium that was closer to me and when you could tailgate, which I used to love. A Saturday we'd go, you know, we'd tailgate for a few hours, have something to eat, have something to drink and go in and watch the game. Now you can't really do that. So I went because it was Stanton bobblehead day and Edson Volquez throws a no hitter. Now it didn't even occur to me that I didn't have a printed ticket because we're so ingrained with the oh, digital no. ticketing. But they announced over the loudspeaker, hey, if you want a, a printed ticket, come to the box office. I said, this is great. Of course, I went over there. I get up and I said, hey, can you print uh, Edinson Volquez no hitter on it? They said that they couldn't, and I know that they can. And so that's how Ticket Time Machine was born. Um, and it's like anything, in, uh, like all this stuff in business, a few points that I want to make here. One, you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. We, we are not the first people to be doing commemorative tickets. This is a commemorative ticket, and it actually says it on there uh, from Sky the Dome. first game ever uh, at the Sky Dome for the Blue Jays. So people have been doing commemorative tickets for a long time. I think they've been doing it wrong, and they've gotten away from it. Um, that's the first thing. Like We don't always have to reinvent the wheel. And the second thing is find something that – people don't want to do, not that they can't do. It's a lot easier to find stuff that people don't want to do than to find stuff that can't be done or that's never been done. So those are two key lessons that I've learned. That is awesome. Both of those are, are very important lessons, I think. Uh, the latter, especially understanding, especially for anyone aspiring entrepreneur, you don't have to like, yeah, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to create this company that is going to revolutionize the world. You can absolutely do something that just makes life easier for people because what do we love most here? It's convenience. Let's all be honest, right? Everything's on my phone. I'm going to order DoorDash. I personally cannot order um, uh, takeout because I refuse to pay an extra $15 for the same thing that I could just drive five minutes to go do, which that's a whole nother conversation, but I agree. Real quick, real quick on that, my wife has like this monthly meeting and they they have a stipend because it went from in-person to virtual and they give you like a $50 DoorDash credit. And we end up getting like having, always having to pay more. You get nothing yep. for that because like 20 of the dollars yep. is going to it's, you know, I, I, I liken it to like buying a, a salad that's already made instead of just buying cucumbers, lettuce, and, yep. you know, save yourself a ton of money. It's not a big deal. Sometimes you need convenience and it's great to have it there. But in the long run, I, I think, you know, do stuff. You can do stuff and save. Well, a lot to help of you guys out and to use that fifty dollars, just just get pickup. You can still use the credits pickup, and then you can just go there and get you know an extra thirty dollars worth of food. Oh, really? I didn't. Not a bad day. Not a bad day. Thankfully, you're here. Your life has peaked. You're on the For the Love of Sports podcast, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, what um when it comes to this idea, as you said, you're not revolutionizing the world, but you are giving some people right these people that want to collect. You're giving 
fans of a particular team, you're giving them something unique, and everybody loves something unique, right? Everyone loves to be one of five, one of 10, one of 20. I think that's very important to people. What exactly, I guess in your words, what is the problem you're solving? Well, the problem is the people who like, like to have a, a physical memory, a physical keepsake. And, you know, with digital, that's going away. And I, we, I think we all understand why it's gone digital. They want to uh, be able to track your data and they save money on it. So by offering what we offer, there's a few things. One, you could still track data. You're doing it with the digital. And we can even help you track data with our stuff. We have digital experiences that are tied into our physical keepsakes. But you're also going to be able to generate additional revenue. So something that used to be a cost center for you is now a revenue generator. You have more uh, assets and being able to add value for your sponsors and partners. Uh, so I, I say it's a win, 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 win. Um, you know, and that's for us, it's, you know, I, I think it's a no brainer, but it, it's been a struggle in some respects to convince people uh, a few things. One, that it's gonna, you know, that it's not going to cost them money and resources because we can handle pretty much everything. We just kind of need you to say yes. Um, and that it's not going to stop you from going digital. Like that ship has, that ship has, has sailed, right? Your, your digital ticking is not going away. It's a thing. Um, and, but for the people who want it, you know, there's, I like to talk about immeasurable data a lot. And when you don't offer someone something, it's, it's someone who's collected for 20 years. They have this feeling. It's such a bad feeling and they're going to, react in some way that you might never know about. I don't you know, they're probably not going to cancel their season tickets, but maybe they're not going to spend the money they normally spend in the in the shop uh this year. Maybe they're not going to drink and eat as much. Who who knows what? It, they won't donate whatever it is. I I had a bad feeling uh with the way I was treated and I got uh you know, I'd given a small amount of money to them every year and the next year when I got the thing, asked me for my money, I ripped it up and I threw it in the garbage. They're never going to be able to track that. Well, they'll be able to track how much money. Yeah, they won't be able to track why exactly. Yeah, and I think that's the important part. Yeah, they'll know that they lost money, but they're just going to be, oh, you know, you win some, you lose some, right? We're, we know that we're going to lose a little bit and we're going to gain a little bit and we happen to gain a little bit more here. But it, those are the type of things that I think are important, um, you know, to do the best you can for your customer, which the fans are the customer, right? It's a business. Sports is a business. And so do as much as you can from the customer so they don't ever want to do less. They just want more. Yeah, I mean, and, and I love the example that you shared with the, the Florida Panthers season ticket holder. I think that's like the perfect spot to use it, right? Give it to someone who goes to a game all the time and they have a, a really cool pass and they can remember a season from, I think the opportunity for, you know, just individuals showing up to their only game, right? That's also a great way to do it. But I do think like to show a team, hey, this is perfect. Look, look what your VIPs want. These people want something. They're going to be able to take it home. They're going to be able to hang it up. They're going to look at it every day. They're going to love it. And it looks pretty damn cool too, right? Like that, that doesn't hurt, right? It's, it's, it's pretty darn uh, cool that you guys are able to do that. And I think it's, it's a very interesting concept and I can understand where you're coming from. And it's, it's kind of weird that you, you know, as you said, it's been a little, obviously you're here now, you're making some sort of money, right? You're paying your bills. That's the important part. But it's surprising that it has been that much of a struggle because you're you're able to show, again, if there's little cost or, or resources attached to it and you can make customers happy, it's really not that big of an ask, right? Well, it, I mean, it's all, everything's relative, right? When someone thinks a lot of money or a lot of time and um, it's just, 
there's probably a lot of reasons. The, the biggest reason why we're not the next hugest thing and it's gone nuts uh, is not people not returning phone calls and, and texts. I mean, that's truly the one thing that's hindering us from really going gangbusters on this thing. And we've done, I, I think we've been fairly successful. I mean, we have, you know, partnered with the Panthers and the Savannah Bananas, and we did something for Roger Dean Stadium in, in Florida, and we did something for the Tyson Jones fight and a couple of music festivals, four-chord music festival. we do stuff. So, I mean, we're getting there, uh, and we will That's get there. We will get there, but you know, I don't know. It's just hard. Everyone thinks that their stuff is worth more than it really is also. So when you start talking about time or assets for sports and, you know, even now you got everyone like 10 different people with their hand in the cookie jar. And it's like, look, there's enough money for everyone to, to, to do well. But let's, again, let's think about the fans. I want to give you another example. Uh, there's a organization that I go to a lot of their events and they have merchandise every year. But the thing is, once that merch is done, it's done. And one year, which happened to be the, the year I started, the two greatest things I've ever seen from them were the year before. And I said, hey, can we get this? I know there's other people want it. Well, nah, we don't we don't order this. You know, it's we don't evaluate whatever. And I said, well, just put it out there. Let's just say, hey, who wants this? Right. Who wants it? OK, this many people want it. This is what it's going to cost. Maybe it's going to be fifty dollars for a shirt and forty dollars for a hat. That's fine. Let me know that's what it is. Let's see how many people want it. And uh, that's, again, another thing uh, that the bananas do is they kind of try and let the, let's see what if the fans want it. And I think that's kind of what got me to, to be uh, to, to work with them, because you know, I had been talking to them for a while. And I just I just kept saying, look, you, you guys talk about how you love to just try things and let's let the fans decide. And so let's let the fans decide. Right. And and they did. And, uh, you know, they they ordered and then they ordered again. So um, and I don't know, you know, this is not something they're actually selling. This is actually something they're giving as added value to a VIP package. So could, they don't have to do that. Right. It's, it's money that's coming out of the package. But it's I think very quickly, if all you're thinking about is the bottom line, you're, you're going to fail your customers. I don't even have to you don't have to tell me what kind of business it is. If all you're thinking about is, hey, you know, this is going to cost us this and, you know, we want to make this and uh, it, it's going to, it's going to be a, an uphill uh, climb. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that's the important part, right? You have to, you have to think about your consumers, think about the fans, right? Put them first. Might cost you an extra three, four bucks, but in the end, they're always going to have that ticket. They're always going to see it. They're always going to have this memory and they're going to have a very visible reason to remember it and remember what they were there for and why they did it. You talk about how it's it's this physical aspect now, but I mean, I have to bring up, you know, NFTs and the metaverse and cryptocurrency and whatever the hell all that stuff means. I think NFTs here actually is applicable, right? So how much have you guys potentially started to dive down this path? Because again, that's that digital, but at the same time, it's, it's adjacent to what you guys are doing in some way, shape or form. Yeah, it, adjacent, I think, would be a better way to explain it. We are a physical keepsake. We bridge the physical with digital. We have customizable and programmable QR codes. We have augmented reality experiences. We're actually about to print a physical uh, animated card for NFT company that's going to be at NFT NYC. Say that six times fast uh, in a couple weeks, ne maybe next week. Um, I think there's stuff that we can do to complement each other, but 
everything we do is physical. So, you know, we're not really going to get into the NFT world. I don't own, I take that back. I've bought a few NFTs just because, and I also uh, was giving some, some NFTs from the Super Bowl, the NFL, who was giving like an NFT or digital collectible, whatever you want to call it, which was pretty terrible. And then, and then they, uh, it's not worth anything. There's nothing great looking about it. And then they actually ended up sending commemorative printed tickets to, to people, which I haven't figured out exactly what that was. So um, I don't get into crypto either, you know, but that's not to say that people aren't making a lot of money. I think it feels sort of Ponzi schemish and, and MLM and the people who got in earlier are going to be fine. But that's not to say it can't be successful. I don't, I don't dabble a ton in the stock market. And I could have done that and made a ton of money. So there's just some things I'm not going to partake in and and they might do very well or not. Uh, It'd be interesting to see when the smoke clears about the NFT. I think there's going to be a lot of people holding stuff that's not worth much because there was no utility to it. And even if you have utility to the NFTs, like, do you need an NFT to do that? Yeah, no, I I agree. I I think there's a time and a place for it, right? And I've talked to some very smart people, much, much smarter than I, who are all about it. And hey, that's fine. Like, I hope they make a million dollars, right? I don't really totally understand. I do. I understand it more than the next guy. But at the same time, I do see the, as as you said, and as I said, the adjacent nature of it, the, the opportunity and the utility. I think that's the part people forget, right? If it's just a picture on your phone, you're paying how many dollars for a JPEG? Who the hell cares? Nobody cares about that. It's the actual contracts behind them. It's the utility behind them that could be interesting. And that's where it does make sense potentially for you guys to get involved in. It sounds like you're, as you said, you're already working with some of these companies in some way, shape or form, right? The irony of you working for, you know, with an NFT company, it's just, that is just beautiful uh but i think that there is an opportunity there and people still like physical things just because everything's on our phone now doesn't mean i I don't read a book from time to time that's not on my kindle right yeah there's no i mean the stuff you do digitally is supposed to be like you mentioned before something that's more convenient or easier so you know I, i got enough stuff on my phone but and there's some stuff that are like when you look at pictures, I have like thousands and thousands of pictures that I never even go back and look at. Even if you had it organized in like this app, which my friend actually has an app um, called Queso that helps you uh, put together like your photos and, and organize them. You're still not going to that a lot. So, and I, I'm a big, uh, I can't bring it over here, but I'm a big, uh, I'm just a, I'm a fan art mm-hmm. guy. I love it. I have uh, my Mount Rushmore is over there. Uh, we can maybe send you some photos when you do that. I have a Tebow thing, a family guy in Seinfeld. These are all physical paintings. I even got, uh, and I get out. <laughs> when, they, when we couldn't go into the stadiums, I had, uh, Oh, nice. You know, the, the cutouts, yep. one was in the swamp, one was in the swamp and one was in the O-Dome. Like, you know, that's the actual, uh, digital version of me, which is all, all my avatars for everything. But, Man, the physical's never going away. The dollar, the, the cash in our lifetime is never going away. It's just not. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. I just think it's never going away. And there's people who want it. And I think it's a bigger percentage than, uh, than you might think. And the other thing that I think is that just because someone's not, just because you don't get a lot of asks, doesn't mean there's not a lot of demand for it. People just don't know it's possible. And so that's what we're trying to do is sort of raise awareness like when I say, oh, we don't get a whole lot of requests for that. I'm like, 
Well, I guarantee you, if you tell people you can do it, you're going to get a lot of requests for it. And that's even more of a reason to actually just give to the people who are requesting. Like, it's not a lot. Like, you, you have the capability just do it instead of fighting because, you know, I'm at a box office and I, I, I had such an experience at this Major League Baseball box office. Multiple of them. I've been to a few games and it's, holy smokes. I'm like, just print me a ticket. I know you print tickets. It's possible. But they're like, oh, they're like trained not yeah. to. Like, mom, I, my, you won't get one at this window. My printer's broken. I'm like, well, is everyone's printer broken? It seems, Matt, all the printers might be broken. Um, yeah, yeah, all they're broken. Is, uh, I, I agree with you. There, There is still a space for that physical, right? There is still a space for that painting that you put up on your wall of Kramer and uh, you know whatever that pose is, right? That's always great. Um, and I think it is important, right? Again, there's there's times and places for everything, and there, people, people do want it, right? There are a lot of people that collect things, whatever the hell those things are. It sounds like you guys can come in and, as you said, give it something commemorative to it. There's something that you said I want to touch a little bit more on. You were talking about the the AR opportunities and, and uh, NFI. I think those three letters came out. I heard QR at one point. RFID. Yes, RFID. RFID, I apologize. So, like, what are what are some of these things that you're doing that aren't just, just printing out a really cool-looking ticket? Like, what are some of the other ancillary things that you guys are working with? Yeah, so we have stuff like the, the augmented reality. We're, we're working on it. We have some AR video, which is like the low end of, of uh, augmented reality augmented reality it's not like the cool cool stuff um i could show you real quick like something like this oh, uh, that's so fun though yeah i mean that's like you know something that you, you can get and this is stuff that it's just it's it's an enhancement we're trying to find digital stuff that actually give value instead of something that's cool to look at which is great if we can do it. And, and the, the challenge has been trying to find stuff that's sort of off the shelf, that's not as customizable. Like we can have a cool thing where a baseball player is like swinging, but you know, there's very few companies who can afford to do that. Right? You're talking about $50,000. I'm not gonna do that to, to sell a $5, $10 ticket. So uh, we have UGC, like you can snap a photo and then you know have the background right there. That's stuff through our, our QR codes. We're still working on that. We're partnering with some good companies, a company called Ringpin that we've partnered with. And we're always looking to partner with other companies that can add value and, and, and a true partnership. I say partnership is like my resources, your resources, and we put this out in the world and we share in, in the, uh, you know, whatever comes back to us, the glory. whether that's money. Or, yeah. In the glory. I love it. I think it's really interesting, right? Just giving people more utility more value as you've been saying you got to give a lot of value um ask for a lot back but give a lot of value i think that's the most important part and people are really going to take advantage of it uh it sounds like it sounds like you have some really cool ideas when did you like where was the pivot right i like what was that first like hey okay so you told the edson volka story and you wanted to get that ticket printed okay it didn't work out but everybody has a million dollar idea what when did you actually say like, Hey, I'm going to create a ticket company and we're going to do. Well, that this. was it. It was that day. Like, how, what, what do you do? What, what was, what do you do next? Do you call your wife? Hey, no, I talked to, uh, I talked to someone that I worked with at the ticket company to be like, here's the idea I have. Um, and a, a lot of it started out really is just trying to, uh, print these type of tickets like a uh, the old school and say, hey, because that's what I had. I want an old school ticket where we can print whatever we wanted on it. So that's where it kind of started out. And then I'm like, 
well, you know, I think we, we, there's other stuff that we can do that's better. And that's where we, you know, sort of think about our animated uh, tickets, which specialty. I, I get requests for certain things that 10,000 other uh, printing companies can do. And so I just, I would say, hey, you can go right to them. They'll save you money when you want something specialty like what we do, whether it's the thermal box office ticket or the animated ticket, we'll, we'll be ready to go for you because I think that's important for us to be like, you know, to be, it's specialty. Yeah. It's the, you can't find a lot of people who do it and we're going to do it better than anyone else does it. But I, I worked, I incorporated, I started, I actually had a job, like I got a customer maybe a year after and I was working full time at a, my, at selling anti-money laundering solutions for Lexus Nexus. Nice. And I, uh, in December of 99, uh, of 2019, sorry, not 99, December of 2019, I said, I got to go all in on this. And I, I told my boss, I'm like, I'm going to leave. I have a company I want to pursue. I'm going to go full time. And I said, I'll give you three months notice. So April 1 was going to be my last day. I was getting married on leap day of 2020. And so I was going to be married, leave my job. And then the pandemic hit and I left. And you know what? I, I wouldn't change a thing it was a year of everything slowing down, having the opportunity to have conversations with people I never would have had an opportunity to have conversations with. And uh, it really helped us build our brand and build, you know, whatever it is that we're doing now and continuing to build. And then, uh, you know, we said, we're going to talk about the podcast. I, I started the Wolf Den uh, during the pandemic. And it, uh, I think all of it is just, it's all who I am. It's my brand. It's what I want to put out in the world. It's, it's what we want to be, and um, it's still building. But I am Ticket Time Machine, and Ticket Time Machine I is love me. It. I mean, that's what you have to do, especially when you're starting a business. You're 100% of the time, right? There's always something you could be doing. When you're sitting on the couch watching that game, that's one thing that I struggled with, honestly, when I owned my business. It was, I'm sitting on the couch watching the Mets. It's like, you know, I could be doing this, though. And then you take out your laptop. Yeah. And being able to eventually get better at that, I think, is extremely important. You do have to have separations. But at the same time, as you said, Ticket time is the ticket time machine is you and you and ticket time machine. It sounds like you guys are doing some really cool things and a lot of cool opportunities are going to be coming your way. Just keep throwing out that energy, man. You're doing good things, so keep doing it. Yeah, I appreciate that. I I think like, I was just watching. Uh, I'm not a fan of Gary V. And there's a um, I have to get the name right. Uh, Mooncat M U N E C A T is the is the name of the of the female. And she, she has some great content. She's got a lot of videos, but on YouTube, she does these videos and she was talking about, you know, she basically she's ripping Gary V pretty badly. Uh, and the part of it was that he just says, you got to like work, everything's work and work harder. And, and I, you know, I work very hard. I work a lot, but I, there's gotta be a work-life balance. And I don't care if you're, you know, whoever you are, if you're a CEO and a, and a founder of an entrepreneur like me, I, I need to take breaks. I need to say, hey, tonight I'm just watching a movie or I'm going to this concert. I'm going away. It is 24-7. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm always, if I need to do something, we do it. But I have to have time for my sanity too. And I just you, you're going to get burnt out. Like you, just, you don't have to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week to make Plus it Plus, if you're going to that concert, you can write those tickets off because it's technically it's a business expense at that mm -hmm. point. So. Don't tell, yeah, I won't tell my account if you don't tell yours. Um, no, Matt, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing and how you're doing it. I think it's really important, and there is absolutely a market out there, and you guys have already started to tap into it. So I'm excited to see 
what exactly comes over the next couple years, right? It's only been a couple at this point. You're barely into this thing. You got so much, so much longer to go. I can't wait. Yeah, we say, you know, I, I went all in two years ago, so that's okay, really... Yeah. I, I don't mean to you know, cut you a little short of, there. But... You know, I, I had customers. I had a few customers before I went all in, so that was it. Yeah, we're just we're just getting started here. I mean, we're, we haven't even hit the broached the tip of what we're going to be able to do with Ticket Time Machine. And that's, you know, I talked about one of the obstacles. The biggest obstacle is not having permission to do any of this, right? So I have to have agreements yeah. and partnerships and I can get licensing, but I'm better off as a as a supplier. I do sponsor some things. We're, we're going to be sponsoring um, the Ones Basketball League, which is yeah. Tracy McGrady's new one-on-one -on -one league, their championships in Vegas. We're going to print some cool credentials for them there. So we're going to be a sponsor uh, for that. And so, um, but yeah, that, and even, you know, with the Wolf Den, we just had our 200th episode this, uh, this week, 200 episodes, which is someday, you know, when I can clip like you, we talked about before and, and actually get to market it, which I haven't done anything yet. And we've had some pretty high profile guests, uh, well-known guests. Um, I think it's going to be a big, I think it's going to be a, a huge thing. The Wolf Den. I, I really do. I believe that there's no reason why it, we can't have some sort of syndicated program on like an XM radio or something I like, like the that. Sound of that. Keep think think bigger than that, man. Why do you want to be on XM? Nobody listens to XM. Uh, Spotify. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody Joe listens Rogan. to XM anymore. I was on XM radio for a little bit. Nobody listens to XM radio. Uh, who have you had? Let's talk about the podcast now. Who have you had on the show? That is uh, that well known. Now I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, we had Jesse Cole. Okay. Jesse Cole was one Incredible. of the early guests. I probably wasn't as good as I am now. You know. You, you kind of hone your, you know, it is the first Those time first you do guests, it. Man, I like, feel oh. bad looking back. I was like, man, I could have, yeah. I could have done so much better. I feel bad for you as the guest. Now I'm very confident <laughs> in my abilities at this point. We're going to have him back on again. Uh, we had Wayne Hoffman who, if, if you watch one episode, he does these, his performance three times throughout my show. It'll blow your mind. I love magic. We've had comedians and authors and Olympians. Danny Werfel was on the nice. show. Justin Guarini was on the show. Lil Sweet from Dr. Pepper and yep, uh, yep, yep. American Idol. Um, yeah, a ton of people. John O'Leary, who's the, the greatest motivational speaker I've ever uh, seen. And um, Brandon Steiner of Steiner uh, yep. Sports. Those He's are some awesome. sports. We've had professional athletes. Uh, yeah, uh, Randy Grimes, uh, ex player for Baylor and he's uh um he's actually going to be at the the fatherhood festival next week some great today was a great episode also talking about the fatherhood festival talking about what it what fatherhood means and uh, my guest Darren Gray was really real he's a, a sports minister of, of sorts and just a really good conversation about life and being a good human being and, and a little bit religion you know we talk about anything the, the, the great thing about the wolf then is there's any topic goes, we talk about mental health and we talk about social justice and baseball and trauma and all of that. So it's really is about the guest. And it, it's, you know, if you, if, if something resonates with that guest with you, then you're going to watch it. And if you don't care about whatever the person is doing, then maybe you won't. And that's okay. Once you have a thousand episodes, everyone will have something that they can watch, right? That's the whole goal. And I think that's, we have something. Yeah, we already have something for everyone. I think. I mean, we uh, we haven't had like someone cooking on the yet. show yet, but I would love to talk about food and travel. I'll have my grandma and, come on the show. How's that sound? Yeah, Italian yeah, grandma the, from the, Italy. Is, Are you kidding? That lady's the greatest cook alive. I love it. Every what's your favorite dish that she uh, her, makes? Honestly, her fried chicken is just like out of this world. Um, but there, there's like there's a special breakfast dish that she used to make for me when I was like five. 
that I still go over and ask her to make it. Sometimes it's just like an omelet. It's not very special, but we call it a special omelet. It's super cute. It's between the two of us, which is nice. But yeah, honestly, anything that lady That's... makes is just out of this world. Yeah, my grandma used to cook. I lived with my grandma for three years when I moved to Florida, and she used to cook meals for me. And uh, it's a great, really great relationship that you have, it sounds like. And I, I cherished my uh, relationship with my grandma, who's not with us anymore. Um, but I would have your grandma on, and that's the beauty of the wolf. I don't think that she I, can I've never said out no. the camera and everything. But yeah, I, I do. My, I'd set her up. I would set her up for you. How's that sound? We've had people who can't figure it out, but I've never said no to anyone. Um, and I, and out of two hundred episodes, I can count on my hands the number of people that I wouldn't invite back. Um, I'd love to keep going for new guests, and we and we've been able to. But that's pretty good to have. You know, what five percent of the people that you wouldn't have back in '95, you would gladly have them back on. So I think we do a good job of getting people who have compelling stories. Um, and I don't, I don't care who you are and how popular you are. I have people in my network who've never heard of mm -hmm. you. So coming in to talk to us is, uh, I think, you know, probably better in some respects than going on a channel that everyone knows who you are and has probably heard everything you've said to them already. We try and ask the questions or have the conversation. It's not even an interview just a conversation that is not, it goes deeper. It's not just your talking points, um, which I think is compelling uh, conversations. What, what was the reason to start the show? What, like, what made you say, Hey, I want to, I want to do a podcast and I want to do it a lot. Everyone said I have to do LinkedIn live. And I'm like, nice. you know, I was trying to, I'm big on LinkedIn. I'm very active. A lot of content, like got to do LinkedIn live. So I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Um, Andrew Haynes had a, a show free agent Fridays where he was bringing people on to try and help them find work back mm -hmm. in the, in the day. And I said, well, uh, how do you get to LinkedIn live? You got to apply for it. And it's this whole big thing. And I finally got approved for it. And they said, well, you got to go a platform, right? You have to need a platform. You can't just go live on there like you can on Facebook or Instagram. So I, I, I know people use StreamYard. He did. I got him. I said, well, if I'm going to do StreamYard, why not just do a show? I'd rather just do a show. Then I'm not going to get on every day for two minutes and just, talk. No, nobody wants to see that or hear that. So I, I started doing a show and I did one a week and then I did two a week and then it was three a week or four a week. And then that's how we got to 200 pretty quickly. And then I'm like, I got I can't do four a week. It's way too much. So we tried to go down to two a week. So this year we're, we're trying to do two a week, but this week I got four and then like, you know, I'm so we're, we're trying to do about two weeks. It gets goes, but I'm, I'm I love it. Yep. I really enjoy having the conversations with people, and I hope that other people enjoy if they watch it and that they learn something or that it moves them or that it inspires them. Whatever it is, um, I hope it brings something like uh, Jimmy V, like it moves you to some emotion. Yep. And if it's just one person every show, that's fine. That's enough, man. Remember to be alive. That's always the important thing, right? It's always fun to do all those things that he said in that speech you know laugh cry love i think might have been one of them i can't remember it off the top of my head it's not college my favorite, season. my favorite speech of all time and i watch it i watch it often it's it just really uh man yeah. what, what can you say it's incredible. about incredible and that's why it, it rings true to so many people so many days and i think it's awesome and i think what you're doing is awesome man obviously the podcast is cool i love this as well i'm the same way as you too it's like i'm gonna do two a week well, but like five people just reached out and that means I can't, I can't have that fifth person for another three weeks. I can just throw in on a Wednesday, like big deal. It's not, and yeah, now I, now I do like three, four, you know, it, it, I usually, 
I cap it at four. That's uh, above that is too many. But then, like, if it's a really big guest, maybe I will do that fifth one. You know, it's like whatever. I love it. I'm gonna do it because I love it, and I'm just gonna keep doing it. And I try and do the same thing, man. I just want to have cool conversations with cool people, specifically in the world of sports, um, just around whatever they're doing. I think what you're doing, Matt, is pretty cool. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that. I don't get a lot of a lot of people requesting to come on, but I do. So every once in a while, I get, hey, if you need any guests, I'm like, well, I don't need any guests. But if you'd like to come yeah. on, I'm happy to have you on. Like, I don't need yeah. guests. I, I can find plenty of guests. Um, and I actually had a very uh, – speaking of, I had a very famous basketball player, and I won't put any names, but I met him through someone else who's partners with him, and and we and I said, hey, I'd love to have both of you on. One of them is coming on. The other one, uh, the basketball player, is, and he's like, $5,000. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't pay anyone to come on my show. Like, as I said, I don't care who you are. I have people in my network who don't know who you are. And meanwhile, you're not really going to be promoting your basketball. You're going to be promoting whatever you're working on now, which almost nobody knows about. So, and I don't have a huge following, but again, regardless, whoever you are, the people I network, they either don't know who you are or they don't know about what you're doing. So, you know, take an hour out of your day to promote for you. I mean, look, you get a big guess, of course it helps yeah. me. But if they don't promote it, it doesn't do me any good. So I've had a lot of people who just don't promote their show, and we don't, we didn't get a lot of, a lot of views, and that's okay. I'm not in it for their views necessarily. But if you go to my YouTube, it archives great to see all the great guests I've had. And like a year from now, you can go back and and watch any of them. That's that's the a beauty year of from it. now and ten years from now, man. I can't wait. It's going to be some good yeah. stuff, Matt. This has absolutely been fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on, talking a little about Ticket Time Machine, the business. You are the business. The business is you, right? As well, it sounds like the podcast is pretty up there uh, on your your goals and your list of priority. I would give that very much. Um, so tell us where. Give us the social medias. Give us the website. Give us everything. And for anybody listening, I'll make sure everything's in the show notes as well. Yeah, I am probably the most accessible person you'll ever meet in your life. I return every vo- voicemail, email, voicemail? message, even the even the spam. Gets uh, I'm, ever, I'm I'm everywhere. If you if you just Google Ticket Time Machine, you'll find us. Uh, my website, my email, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on YouTube, the Ticket Time Machine, the Wolf Den. Uh, it's it's very easy to find. Or just look for commemorative tickets and souvenirs. If you Google commemorative tickets and souvenir tickets, we're right at the Love top it. with $0 spent on SEO. Nice. Good for you guys. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Matt, this has been absolutely fantastic. Matt Wolf, founder, chief entertainment officer of Ticket Time Machine, host of the Wolf Den podcast. Matt, I appreciate your time. I appreciate everyone's time who's listening. It's the only thing we don't get more of, so thank you for giving me a little bit of yours. But other than that, everybody, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Michael. Looking forward to having you on yes. the Wolf Den as Can't well. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Little teaser for everybody. Hope they go watch it. Bye, everybody.